0: Well, Susan and I are very, very grateful to be back in our home church. Um, We do not have a home church we're at right now in Ohio, so it is great. You guys are blessed. I hope you realize how blessed you are to have a church body, a church family, and um, that you encourage and support one another. And thank you, too, Pastor Carl, for the invitation to come and share with our family where the Lord has led us, how he led us there, and to update you all on our ministry. So thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm going to try to um, just briefly catch you up to date as to um, our ministry in Ohio, how we got there. And then I do want to look into God's word just a little bit, and hopefully we'll be challenged by that. So I just want to just pause in prayer real quick. Father, how thankful we are that you are our God. Lord, it is you and you alone. As you have said, there's none besides you. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that woke up our hearts and our minds to the truth of the gospel. Thank you for our Savior, the Lord Jesus, who by His righteousness made it possible for us to be righteous. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your love. Father, thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. I pray now as we um, just have an opportunity to share, Lord, that you'll give me clarity of mind, and, Lord, our friends here, our family will understand where we're at. In Jesus' name, Amen. Some of you have expressed a, a interest, a concern. You're wondering why we didn't go to Puerto Rico. You know, why are we in Ohio and we're not in Puerto Rico? So I want to let you know that as we're in Antigua and the Lord closed that opportunity there, our desire was wholeheartedly to go to Puerto Rico. We had visited there twice. We had spent time with the missionaries there. And we expressed our desire to go there. And part of our mission policy is you have to be invited by the missionaries on the field before you can go. So we were praying about it. Lord, is this your will? Is this where you want us? And we were kind of anxious. Are we going to be invited? Do they want us? You know, we want to go. Do they want us? And um, we were given the invitation. And, you know, it was all, all a go. And um, so we started preparing to close up. Things in Antigua And to transition to Puerto Rico um, Susan was even learning Spanish On the internet um, So that was our direction That was our focus But all along we were praying And Susan especially Lord is this if this is not where you want us Would you please Make that evident And close the door Because we didn't want to do Like we did in Antigua you know, And we were there And And uh, the ministry of the pastor just, that's a whole other story. We don't have time for it. But it, it, it didn't work like we thought. So we're headed to Puerto Rico. And never in our wildest dreams would we realize that the door was closed, not just closed, but slammed shut by a hurricane named Maria. And I want to share with you how that happened. I'm going to read you just a couple statistics on the 2017 Atlantic hurricane season. There were 10 hurricanes of sustained winds, 74 mile per hour and more. Six hurricanes, CAT three or stronger. 464 people lost their lives. Estimated damage of $316 billion. In early September, Irma, Jose, and Katia marked the first time that three hurricanes were active in the Atlantic Ocean at the same time. We were in Antigua at this time. Hurricane Irma was headed. This is the first one. It was headed right towards us. And we know that people here at Daniel spent the night in prayer while we were waiting to see where Irma would go. Thankfully, the Lord redirected Irma north of us. But unfortunately, it wiped out our sister island, Barbuda, Totally flattened Barbuda. They had to move the 1,500 residents to Antigua. Irma was the strongest recorded hurricane that far east of the Atlantic basin. It was the first storm on record to maintain 185 mile per winds for 37 consecutive hours. I don't have time to tell you all what all we went through, the hurricane prep and all. And then came Jose just three days later. So, again, we're ready for another hurricane. This one skirted even further north. And then two weeks later, we're getting ready to leave Antigua. But Hurricane Maria was in the path. I want to read to you about Hurricane Maria and then show how it fit into our plans. Hurricane Maria was a deadly Cat 5 hurricane that devastated Dominica, U.S. Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico in September 2017. It is regarded as the worst natural disaster in recorded history to affect those islands and was also the deadliest Atlantic hurricane since Mitch in 1998. I'll skip on down because of time. On the morning of Wednesday, September 20th, Hurricane Maria struck Puerto Rico, devastating the island and plunging all of its 3.4 million residents into a desperate humanitarian crisis. The damage effects of this hurricane, the worst storm to strike the island in over 80 years, will haunt residents for many years to come. Around 130,000 Puerto Ricos have left the island, most of those as a direct result of Maria's devastation. Now, where were we at that time? Hurricane hit September 20th. September 15th, we had a 20-foot container dropped off in front of our house. We loaded the container over the weekend. 130 degrees plus inside that container as we loaded it. Had to load it with a stepladder because they're four feet off the ground. Um, Now all our belongings are in a container. We're sleeping on a borrowed air mattress. All we have is one suitcase with some clothes to get us by in Puerto Rico until our container arrives. We have our computer and we have our cell phone, and that's all we have. Monday morning... The truck driver comes to pick up the container. We are under a hurricane watch for Hurricane Maria. The truck driver is loading it up. We're in the house. A family had come to buy our stove and they are loading the stove. The little boy comes in. He says, the truck driver just hit your power line. And I said, I still got power. He said, no, he hit it. So I go outside and sure enough he had hit it. Power mast is leaning over, the meter is cockeyed this way, and my power line is about eight feet over the road. I call the power company, they could care less, a hurricane's coming. So I found a red t-shirt in my stuff and I went out, tied it over, and I noticed my container is parked just up the hill, kitty corner in the road. I thought, well I thought he left. So I go up there My container's there But the truck is gone And Susan was there with me And we thought Well if the air brakes release on this thing It's going to roll down over the hill And another disaster We found a couple of concrete blocks A couple of rocks We wheel chalked it as best we could Went back to the house And It's a little bit confusing I think at that time We called our shipping broker And said Do you know where our driver is? Our container's blocking the road. People can't get through. We don't know what's going on. And he said, well, the port is closed. Why did he even pick it up? You're asking me? I don't know. Well, they close the port when the hurricanes come because they have a big crane. They have to drop the crane down so it's not destroyed. So finally, we see a forklift go by our house. And I said, that's got to have something to do with the Container, so we followed the forklift up the hill, the driver is back, and um a police are there, four police officers, and they want to know why this container's in the middle of the road, and I, I tell the driver, I said, the port is closed, the shipping agent said for you to put the container back in front of our house and wait for the port to open. Too much trouble. So what do you mean it's too much trouble? It's just down the hill, seventy five yards. Too much trouble. I said, well, what are you going to do with it? Take it to a safe place. What do you mean a safe place? I'll take it to a safe place. Where's your safe place? It's a safe place. Well, I'm going I'm to drug this thing out. But anyway, long story short, he said he'd take it to Epicurean or grocery store, he'd back it into another container, put another one up against it so nobody could get into it. And end of story, that's what happened, the forklift, this truck, I had two flat tires two tires that the steel belts were showing he wasn't able to get up the hill so the forklift pushed him up the hill that was the whole problem and he got it we did follow he did take it to the store he never did put the container in front of it but that didn't matter Maria went south of Antigua and destroyed Dominica and is headed to Puerto Rico on Thursday we knew Maria had hit Wednesday and all day Thursday at Hip Puerto Rico. We're closing out our bank accounts. We're in town. We're just wrapping up all the, the last-minute things, and we get a call from our shipping agent. He says, you must get in here right now. I've got some paperwork for you. You've got to fill it out and bring it back in tomorrow morning. Your container's leaving tonight. We're like, whoa, okay. So we head into his office. He gives us a whole package full of papers to fill out, we had to have them notarized. We got hold of a notary, 50 bucks EC and he stamped and sealed and we took it home and I got on the internet and I was devastated. This paperwork is to be filled out 48 hours in advance of your ship leaving, your container leaving port where you're subject to a 5,000 minimum $10,000 US fine by US customs. And I'm thinking, wow. And so I, I download files into my computer to take back to the agent in the morning and say, look, you guys should have filled this out. We, we don't even know how to fill this out. And you had to have a broker. And we got online we found a couple of brokers in Puerto Rico and, and filled them out on the paperwork. So Friday morning we head into the, our agent and we're thinking, Lord, what are we going to do? We know Puerto Rico is destroyed. We know the port is closed there. There's no communications. We can't get hold of anybody in Puerto Rico. So we go in with this paperwork, and we explain our dilemma to him, and they just kind of shrug their shoulders like... And I said, we had prayed about it, and I said, is it possible to redirect our container to the U.S.? Well, one problem was, in filling out this paperwork, I needed to know the name of the ship it was on, and I needed these numbers that we didn't have, shipping numbers. So he gets the container, the people that are actually handling the container part of it, gets them on the phone, and he says, uh, we need to know the name of the ship that the Cripes container left on, and we need to have the manifest number. And we can hear the answer, and they said, we don't know the ship it's on. And I'm like, my container's on a ship floating around in the Caribbean somewhere, and you can't even tell me the name of the ship it's on? You can't be me the numbers. I've got to have this on paperwork. I'm going to have a $5,000 to $10,000 fine. We can't get to Puerto Rico. We have no communications. I mean, literally, guys, we were at wit's end. We didn't know what to do. And they asked them, they said, can this be redirected to the U.S.? And they said, yes, the ship's supposed to go to Montserrat, U.S. Virgin Islands. Then our container would have been put on another ship going to Puerto Rico. Instead, it could go on a ship to the U.S. We had a choice of Fort Lauderdale or Jacksonville, Florida. We chose Jacksonville, Florida because I have a niece there. We had tickets to fly to Puerto Rico. We cannot get hold of the airline. We drive out to the airport, verified, no flights going to Puerto Rico. Our tickets are useless. We never got the money. It was an act of God. It wasn't the airline's fault. They didn't fly. only choice was to buy tickets to the U.S. And Sunday morning, we left Antigua and flew to the U.S. So, when you want to know why we didn't go to Puerto Rico, it was virtually impossible for us at that time to go to Puerto Rico. The Lord clearly had shut the door. So we prayed, Lord, where do you want us? Where do we go to serve? So... We were homeless for the next three months. and We felt God directing us to Freeport, Ohio. This is the village where Susan grew up. We knew it was a spiritually dead, desolate area. You have the old mainline denominations, but the gospel had left long ago. So we prayed about, Lord, is this where you want us? It's is not where we wanted to go, honestly. Freeport is the last place on this earth I wanted to live. I had visited there many times, and it's not a any place spectacular by any means. And it's not really where I wanted to go. But I said, Lord, is this where you want us? Is this where you want us to go? And so we felt like he was directing us there. So that's where we went. Um, it's a very rural area in eastern, southeastern Ohio. It's definitely not in the Bible Belt. Uh, you guys are so blessed here in Beckley. You could go to a couple dozen churches or more where they believe the Bible, they preach the gospel. They hold truth true to the word of God. We do not have that where we're at in Ohio. We have a lot of mainline churches that are dead. Um, a lot of those are closing up. The congregations are elderly. I'm going to read you a couple of things from these churches, okay? We have the Church of Christ is very prominent in our area. One thing. I don't have time to read it. I'm going to read one thing out of their booklet. Redefining faith. Each generation is responsible for rethinking its beliefs as God's word unfolds and conditions change. We see any problem with that? Big problems, okay? Um, in in um, Freeport we have the Presbyterian Church, we have a Methodist Church, we have a Church of Christ, and we have a Catholic Church. The Presbyterian Church is part of the Presbyterian Church USA. Differentiating from the Presbyterian Church in America, okay? This is the Presbyterian Church um, USA. They allow the ordination of both men and women, including non celibate homosexuals. They do not it does not teach that Scripture is inerrant. Currently, homosexuals, both celibate and non celibate, can serve as ministers. And the church endorses same-sex blessing ceremonies. They have amended their book of order to redefine marriage as between two people rather than between a man and a woman and allows ministers to perform any legal marriage between two people. That's the spiritual atmosphere, the culture that we are in in Ohio. Um, These churches have been there for hundreds of years, but... Sadly to say, they have left the truth of God's word. So this is what we're facing. Susan and I, we we have um, three Bible studies. We have one on Thursday night, one on Sunday evening. And then during the week, Susan has one with some ladies. Some of the ways that we use to get to know the people and become part of the community are that we attend most, if not all, community events. For example, a fireman's fair. We attend benefits and fundraisers. If somebody is sick in that community, they pull together, they'll have a fundraiser, and they'll raise money for your hospital, your medical expenses. We go to wakes and funerals. I have been to more wakes and funerals in a year and a half in Ohio than I was, went to in 37 years in Daniels, West Virginia. We have been to a lot of wakes and funerals. We became friends of the library Um, This summer, we worked with children in a seven-week summer reading program, and again, another way to get to know people, to become a part of the community. The Lord blessed us with a very good garden, and we give away vegetables to people in the village. We just go door to door, and um, offer them free 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 food. Um, I could talk about different ones that um, have come to our Bible studies. I could talk to you about Don or Kathy or Donna. Or Chris and Jane or Joanne or Dalton or Davey or Bob or Judy or Kirk. Connie or Marilyn or John or Tim or Becky or Michelle. Or George or Brian or Linda, Teresa or Mama Bear. And yes, I did say Mama Bear. You see, Mama Bear lives in Freeport, Ohio. Mama Bear had six children. And one of her children is actually truthfully named Ted, Teddy Bear. This is no joke. This is real. This is real life in Freeport, Ohio. One day I had a conversation with Mama Bear on her front porch. And Mama Bear is in her 80s. And um, she is a believer. And she was a lifelong member of the Methodist Church. And she said to me, she said, I don't go there anymore. I haven't for years because there's no Jesus there. Methodist Church has a woman pastor and woman pastors are accepted. are accepted by everybody that even comes to our Bible studies. This woman is not married. Lives with a man, and she is the pastor of the Methodist Church. She also has two other churches that she is pastor of. This is what is happening in our area. This is this is common. We have people in our Bible studies that go to Presbyterian churches that have. ...woman pastors. But I want to talk to you a little bit about George. George came to our Bible studies. George seemed like he really wanted to know God's Word. And George came in one day and he was hung up on this good God. Has anybody heard the good God theology? I'm in a village of less than 300 people... ...and I come up with this and I'd never heard of this. And I had to scour the internet even to find this guy. He's so obscure... But somehow George, with his cell phone and the Internet, had come across the good God. I'm going to read you some of this, and I want you to know if you're visiting, if you're not a believer or anything, this is not the truth of God's Word, okay? But this is what this ministry believes. Our mission is to teach how to rightly divide the Word of God according to Jesus' example, to reveal a good father and an evil devil Whose words and deeds are mingled together in the various names and titles of God in the Bible. The purpose of good God ministry is to reveal the true nature of our Father and clear away evil misunderstandings about His character. You will be set free from the evil Old Testament image of God as well as misunderstandings from the New Testament, such as eternal punishment by fire and the book of Revelation. You will come to see the goodness of God more clearly. Your love for Him will increase dramatically and your faith will become much more effective because doubts about Father's character will be cleared away. I wanted to read more of this article. I don't have time. Basically, what this is saying is that when you read Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah in the Old Testament, that is not the Yahweh, the Lord, the Jehovah that you and I believe in. That is Satan. And George bought this hook, line, and sinker. The reason he's saying this is because Jesus said that he is a true representation of the Father. And Jesus came and he healed the sick. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. He fulfilled the needs of the people. He forgave rather than punished. He redeemed us from sin and death. Redeemed us from the law and the curse. He never did the evil deeds that Yahweh did in the Old Testament. Killing, making sick, bringing curses upon people, putting evil spirits on people, plagues, punishments, or harm in any way. And when you read that Jesus says that you have heard it said but I tell you that was Jehovah Satan giving that law not Jesus this is very very messed up mixed up teaching heresy from God's word and George was so caught up in this he would not listen to truth would not listen to God's word and he left our group along with his mother and a friend. One more thing I'll read about this, and if you want to search it out, it's good God. Bobby Collier is the guy doing it. He says about salvation. Keep in mind that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are unchanging in nature. Let's now get an overview of his goodwill and full salvation through Jesus. Our Father's desire is that all men be saved. In fact, Holy Spirit declares that God is the Savior of all mankind, especially those who believe. Ultimately, all mankind will be saved, some in this age, some later on. Those who believe in this age will experience present life benefits in addition to eternal life. Through Jesus, we experience full salvation, which includes preservation, protection from all harm. Not many churches are teaching about full salvation. Therefore, most Christians are no more protected from evil than all unbelievers. However, since I learned the truth about full salvation... I haven't been to a doctor in more than six years. I live in health. I live in protection. I live with prosperity and provision. And it goes on saying, in the picture below, you can see the various aspects of full salvation that Jesus provides. And the exception would be if we allow ourselves to be martyred should such a circumstance arise. We were talking this morning, Sunday school, and about discernment. And i to read to you a scripture and then i to just briefly share... About our adversary. But there's a verse in 2 Corinthians. Chapter 11. And verses 13 through 15. And it says. For such men are false apostles. Deceitful workers. Disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder for even Satan himself disguises. Satan disguises himself. As an angel of life. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness whose end shall be according to their deeds. I've watched this man on the Internet. And if you are not a sound, grounded, mature believer, he is very captivating. He has all these charts, all these posters, all this scripture. And you can see how a person like George is led astray. And that's what I want to talk about basically now is how Satan is a deceiver, a liar, a counterfeit, a destroyer. And he is using all kinds of things to warp our minds and to take us away from the true gospel. Um, I'm going to read Revelation 12:9 first, and then I'm going to give you about six ways that um, Satan is doing this, especially to unbelievers. And this won't take long. I know our time is up and you're thinking, oh, no, he's getting ready to preach a message. No, I'm not. These are just some bullet points that I want to leave you with. Revelation 12:9, And the great dragon was thrown down the serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. If you do not believe that Satan deceives the world, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. We're talking about yoga this morning. I caution you to be very, very careful. Part of Satan's deception, he wants to bring other things into the gospel to distort it, to counterfeit it, to make it not truth. So some of the other ways that he does it is he wants us to deny his existence. You know, if you don't believe there's a devil, hey, that helps him out. Um, one way he did this was he would disguise himself. For example, when he came to Eve in the garden, you know, he disguised himself as a, um, a serpent. I just read the verse from Second Corinthians where he disguises himself as an angel of light. You can get on the Internet. There are all kinds of uh, preachers on TV that do not preach the truth of God's word. That is Satan's counterfeit. He's pulling people away from the truth and into his kingdom. The other way that he does it is um, he just wants people to be uninformed, misinformed about his existence. And when someone rejects the idea of Satan's existence, they are an easy target for him to manipulate. OK, so if you don't believe he's there, it's an easy target for him to manipulate the unbelievers. We see this happening in our Bible studies. We see how Satan has such a presence. He George had another guy that he had me look up on the internet. I finally found this guy. I watched him for about 10 minutes. And honestly, folks, I felt satanic oppression, even though this man was using scripture. But Satan is very, very, very deceptive. I want to, if you have, want to turn there, but I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. He blinds people to God's truth. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan blinds the hearts and minds of people. So when we're ministering to unbelievers, we realize that Satan has blinded their hearts, their minds to the truth. He energizes his own ministers. I read that earlier in Second Corinthians 11.15. Okay? He gives power to these people that in the name of Christ, in the name of Christianity, are preaching heresy, preaching false gospels. That is one way that Satan is using um, to deceive people. In chapter um, 22 of Luke, verse 3, it says, Satan entered into Judas, who was called Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Satan can actually control people's hearts and minds. He misrepresents the truth. What did he say to Eve in the garden? The serpent said to the woman in Genesis 3, verse 4, You shall not surely die. Satan misrepresents the truth. One of my favorite verses on Satan comes from John chapter 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil, Jesus said. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar. And the father of lies. Satan is a deceiver. He is deceitful. He is a liar. And he uses all that. And sadly. He's doing more damage. Through the church, then outside the church, I believe. I see it there in Ohio. where so spiritually dead. But you have these people going to these churches. But the message they are receiving is so distorted. does not represent the truth of God's word. And sadly to say, they're headed to an eternity without Christ. Yet they're going to church every Sunday. He also takes away the gospel. In Luke 8, verse 12, it says, And those by the wayside... Are they that have heard? This is the parable of the sower. Then comes the devil and takes away the word from their heart that they may not believe and be saved. He will attempt to get the unbeliever to think about other things, other subjects than the true gospel of Christ. And finally, he will encourage false trust in religion. He will attempt to get people to falsely place their trust in themselves or religion or good works. He wants them to feel religiously satisfied, but without having a saving knowledge of Jesus. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way which seems right unto a person, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Susan and I have a real burden for the people there in Ohio. We have to go approximately 40 minutes to 45 minutes to attend a church that preaches the gospel. There are a lot of churches around us, but we have attended, uh, I'm going to guess, 15 to 20. We have visited just to know that it's not a place where you will hear God's Word being taught. First um, John 5.19 says, The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we got to be very careful. You know, we say, oh, I go to Daniel's Bible Church. Don't let your guard down. Satan is deceptive. He is powerful. And as a believer, he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Lastly, I just want to remind you of Ephesians. Chapter 6, we know it well, the full armor of God. Paul told the Ephesian believers to put on the armor of God. And he said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, Against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. All describing Satan and his cohorts. And they are actively at work. And then he talks about the armor. And then verse 18, he goes with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Guys, that is Susan and I's greatest need, his prayer. We are battling an enemy. You are battling an enemy. This enemy is real. And without the power of prayer behind us, our ministry is futile. Paul knew the importance of prayer. He mentioned prayer often through his epistles. I admit I neglect prayer a lot. But prayer is that force that is available to us through the Holy Spirit. So as an encouragement to you, please, please, please pray for us. We are so thankful for those of you that faithfully uphold us before the throne of God because it is not easy. People don't want to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. They want to think that they're okay. We, we talked to a man, and I'll, I'll just close with this. It just came to my mind. He told his grandson... You take care of the Lord, he'll take care of you. We were at a memorial service to the man that we actually bought our house from. He had moved to Florida. A year later, he had passed away. Later, I told Susan, I said, how do you take care of God? He said, if you take care of God, he'll take care of you. I said, how do you take care of God? God is omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing. He has no needs. He supplies our needs, but he has no needs. How do you take care of God? And again, it's a distortion in this man's thinking of who God is. So please pray for us. Um, We believe we're where God wants us. And although it wasn't Puerto Rico where we wanted to be, we are an area that desperately needs the gospel. So I will close now in a word of prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for these dear ones here that Lord have been such a huge part of our life over the years and... Even now, um, thank you for the opportunity to just be here and to reconnect with them. Thank you, Lord, for their love for you, their love for the Word of God, and hold true to the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that they will maintain that tenacity to to preach your Word and to be sure that they are without error and to just rely on the Holy Spirit to um, empower them, to um, just Keep this ministry, Lord, strong for you, for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for how they minister to us. Thank you for the financial support that we receive through this church and most of all, Lord, for the prayers. We cannot do it in our own strength, but only as you empower us through the Holy Spirit, Lord. Just pray for the people in Ohio that we're ministering to that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ would penetrate their hearts, Lord. And that we would see many come to know you. Thank you for being with us today. We ask your blessings as we go from here. In Jesus' name, amen.